eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OTS. I am your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And because I know you tuned in for the last episode, you're already familiar and know my guest that I'm about to introduce. But I have SJ, who is a Dallas Mavs fan and also a, a, a fan or supporter of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so we're going to get into it um, to, to focus specifically on the Cavs because uh, the Warriors are going to be um, matching up with them this weekend. And um, the last time we played the Cavaliers, they were um, depleted because of COVID. So it ended up, I was looking forward to that game because it was like, oh, we're going to get to see Mobley and, you know, all this stuff. And then he ended up like going into protocols and it just didn't end up being the game we expected. So I'm hoping for that to be this game. And I wanted to make sure I had someone on here who knew that team and understood them. So SJ was so grateful to like stick with me and, and talk some more basketball. And this episode, we're going to be focusing on the Cavs. So Warriors fans, you can understand um, what we should be expecting going into that matchup. So thank you, SJ, once again for joining us. Oh, thank you for keeping me on. <laughs> and uh, make sure you give SJ that follow um, on Twitter and also check out her podcast, uh, 17, 21 going on 77. Um, she's 
she's just so smart and she's dope and she's Jamaican. Y'all know I'm Jamaican, so Jamaicans are dope, right? And um, nah, she she knows basketball and she's really cool. So definitely check her out. Don't hold it against her if you were listening to the last episode that she likes LeBron, you know, the youth in this generation, <laughs> you know? Um, so no, but for real, SJ, thank you. Thank you for coming back again. So Cavaliers, um, they have some stuff going on with them. They've lost some, no, actually, let me, before I just dig into the Cavaliers, how girl are you are a Dallas Mavericks <laughs> fan and also like a Cavaliers fan? If you're a fan, am I, am I saying that correctly? Are you a fan or are you just like interested in the team? Okay, so I'm not a fan of the, okay. the Cavaliers. So I, I won't, yeah, I'm not going to pretend I, this is like my team and all. No, I'm, I'm not a fan. I am an adopter. Like, I like that you said You adopted them, a, okay. I, I adopted them. And I mean, I like the, ca- like, you know, when LeBron went back in the second stint, you know, I was, I was a real, like, following the Cavs real heavy, you know, then, and, you know, since he's left, um, you know, they haven't been good. And, you know, I, keep I keep up or I try to keep up with like most teams pretty much every team in the league so I've kept up with what they've done but not definitely not in a fan way but this season um I was intrigued by Mobley he was the most intriguing prospect to me I really liked him so I thought you know why is that do you follow college hoops or do you track like prospects yeah so I tracked I tracked the like top prospects really not like I so I don't like watch college basketball so I don't know like everyone but like I like the draft <laughs> kind of process it's just really exciting to me so I keep up with the prospects you know and look at you know videos highlights all that listen to what you know the scouts are saying and stuff like that so um, I try to do that so Mobley I was really like intrigued I thought I thought he was like the best one like I know Cade was more like you know, polished, and I, I could say, like, at the time, he was the best prospect, but I was high on Mobley being, like, the eventual best player, like, in the entire And what was it about class. Mobley that made you think that? His, I mean, his defense was, it's just so advanced, you know, and was so advanced at the time, and he just had, like, it was, you know, he could score, you know, in the post, you know, mid-range, and his playmaking, you know, for a big, like, I just thought he had so much, like, tools, and kind of like an AD light and back when you thought AD could have been you know the best player in the world you know I never thought that but okay well that a lot of people (laughs) thought that but um I mean he had other issues why he never got work I I, I don't want to say never because he's still you know playing and he's still you know he still has years but it's more than likely he won't obviously get to that ceiling and there's a lot of reasons for that um but Mobley you know him being so you know raw and young you're not thinking about all the potential you know negative things he might run into you know you're only thinking of his ceiling and you know whether or not he could reach it and he is a good he has a good shot man like I didn't think you know watching him he'd be so advanced like with where he is I thought he would be much more raw than he actually is so the fact that he's not you know in such a trying season too it's it's really impressive and I was just curious about their tall ball lineup I know he got a lot of criticism when it was first announced and I I kept up with some cast things like beginning of the season the um I think it was the president either the president or the owner I think it was the president he he was looking at the season as like playoffs or bust and I was kind of like are you crazy like do you see your roster what do you mean you know playoffs or bust like when I was like previewing the season I had them you know towards the bottom of the conference you know of the East because I didn't feel like they were going to make noise. You know, I know they had the young guys that 
who could, you know, provide, you know, some internal development, like, you know, Garland and even Allen, but I wasn't, I didn't know, no one expected this. And for that wonky, you know, tall ball, you know, lineup to like work. So I don't know. I, I think I just the watched... Cavs are maybe the biggest surprise yeah. of the season, honestly. Oh, 100%. But yeah, I don't 100%. follow them that closely. So I don't know because there are teams sometimes that people like completely um, underestimate or don't see, right? Like the Warriors, like that I just talked about on the last episode. So you should be going back to watch that episode to hear what we talked about. But, um, but I don't think that that was, I think, I think that was more wishful thinking is what I'm saying. Like to me, there were enough indicators there that they would have been good if people were paying attention. Um, but I don't know enough about the cast to know, is that true? So is there any, is there any argument to make that people should have seen this or is it really like no one thought this, like not even Cavs fans, not anybody? No, no. From what I've seen, and I at this point I follow a lot of Cavs fans now because I yeah I don't miss a game. Like this is that's how serious it's gotten. You know, with me and the Cavs, like I I watch pretty much all their games. Um, really in tune with what they're doing, and even Cavs fans they didn't see this coming, and no one did because, granted, a lot of us saw a jump from like Garland. A lot of people had him in like the MIP conversation, you know, to start the season, and he should still be in the MIP conversation, but um. No one saw like Jared Allen, you know, being like a borderline all-star player. You know, when he got his extension, a lot of people said he was overpaid and he shouldn't have gotten that money. And now he's showing that, hey, my guy should have gotten that money. And Mobley, like I said, he's just really raw. I I knew, like, I didn't think he'd be able to score that well. And granted, he's not averaging like 20 on the season. He's been averaging 20 to his last four games, but he's not, he's at like 14 on the season. So That's it's not so like impressive he's, for a rookie. Yeah, I didn't think because of how thin he was, I didn't think he was going like, to be able to score like that. He wasn't going to move anyone in the post. And he's not moving anyone in the post, but he has a lot of, you know, a lot of quick moves and counters that I didn't expect from a rookie like that. And his defense, like, he's a legitimate, like, candidate for, like, an all-defensive team as a rookie because he's so good. And the Cavs, um, they're third in defensive rating. Like, they can guard especially when Mobley and Allen are down there. They're the reason why the tall ball works because Lauren Markin should not be playing small forward for anybody's team. (laughs) But it works on, you know, their team because you have a Mobley and Allen, you know, down there in the trenches to cover any kind of mistake. And they're not too bad on the perimeter, you know, Mobley better than Allen, but like they're not just going to get cooked (laughs) is the point. So um, no one should have seen this coming. And if anyone did, they're either they either just took a shot in the dark or they're lying. So um I just think they've been a great surprise um throughout the season. I think they're they're a likable team. Um it hurt that Ricky, you know, is out for the season with the ACL tier. But um I think getting Rondo back, because I'm not a huge Rondo fan, but I can I can say that with the role that he will be playing for the team he'll look better than he did like in LA because he'll he's his only role on the team is really to like pass the ball you know handle the ball get get your bigs in their spots and Rondo could do that he could do that um so I'm I think he'll definitely help more than hurt the team so I'm excited to see what that looks like because he hasn't played a game for them yet 
Okay, you said so many things I want to follow back up on, but you already touched on Rondo because I was going to ask, well, how do you feel about the Rondo signing? Because because I was like, I think Rondo's actually going to help them because he's much more limited now. Like he's not as good of a defensive player as Ricky Rubio, but he's going to serve the purpose I think that they need, you know? So they're still losing something by losing Rubio, but I, I agree with you that I think for what Rondo can still do really well, it will be an asset to this team. Um, and at the end of the day, whether people want to say it's a fluke or it's over, playoff Rondo's a real thing, except in Dallas. So, um, you know, he wasn't that great last year on 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 um, the Clippers, but there's still always something to be said. I think having a vet who has that experience and that team is incredibly like inexperienced um, and young. So like, should they make the postseason? I actually really see Rondo being an asset to them there um, because he will probably be, you know, one of their most seasoned players. Um, and he's coming in to start, right? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Cause yeah, they were starting. Rubio alongside um Garland um when COVID started happening because Okoro's out right now he has an elbow sprain so he'll start I guess for the time being until Okoro comes back then um Okoro will continue starting and Rondo can come off the bench um so yeah I don't know how it's gonna look starting honestly um but for coming off the bench, like you said, and just as a they said he's like excited a, about going there. About it, yeah. And if he, I mean, he would be if he's excited about playing, that means you're gonna get a very like engaged Rondo, which has always yeah. been like a thing about him, like dating back to the Celtics. Oh, he only like steps up for like um TV games, and yeah. you know that's why he's like better in the postseason. Like he gets really bored, and he's not. So just the the fact that he's excited to go there, because like I mean, who's excited to go to Cleveland? Um, <laughs> yeah. So the fact that he's excited to go there and and be a part of it, I think that's a really really good thing. Um, so we'll see. But I I I felt like they did they salvaged like I mean the team is gonna miss Rubio so I don't mean to say it like it's a one-to-one replacement but I think they did a good job of going out there and finding someone who could probably step in and 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 still help them um so you said that you kind of like the top prospects you pay attention to so I don't know for you is top like one through five or would someone like Kaminga have been on your radar Oh yeah, definitely. It's when I say top prospects, I'm I'm I would say first round like prospects. So most of the guys that go in the first round I'm familiar with. Um later first round I might, you know, not know everything about that player, but definitely lottery picks. I know um I know a lot about lottery the lottery picks. And yeah, Kaminga, um, he's definitely one that was on my radar. Um, especially since he played in the G League. Um he didn't do the traditional college um going to college route and he I mean he was intriguing because all you heard was yeah he's raw he's you know you know great athlete but you know he needs to kind of you know learn how to use that athleticism and you know develop more of a four game um but 
I think he's been in the minutes that he's, you know, gotten, um, especially on a team like Golden State in the state that they are in now, you know, trying to win and contend. Um, I think he's done well, all things considered. Yeah, everything. But I wonder, I I was curious what your thoughts were on him coming into the season based on like what everybody was saying. Like, do you think that he went too low? Do you think that teams like, missed on him because I mean so to me like Warriors fans actually were not that excited about Kaminga like they didn't want the team to pick him um and people were like well if he's still there at seven you got to grab him but there were people just like oh my god it'll be horrible like I mean people did not want him and I think they're already looking kind of a little foolish about that um because we had one game um versus Toronto where basically curb we basically forfeited it. Like he sent everyone home. Like Steph didn't play, Dre didn't play, Wiggins mm-hmm. didn't play. No one played. Andre didn't. And so Kaminga got to start and play that game. And like he kept up with um um Barnes, you know, and that yeah. like, you know, it was kind of like the rookie, <laughs> the rookie um clash. And um he played well. I mean, we lost very badly, but he put up like over 20. He hit like several threes in that game. Um, I feel like if he was on a team that wasn't in Golden State's position and you had him just like playing like the way the other rookies were, you would be seeing games like that from him pretty much on the regular and people would be talking about him more. But like he's not getting that spotlight the way like other rookies would because they're on teams that are like... Barnes I mean Mobley's a little bit different because his team was actually good in like a surprising way but like the rest of the teams where a lot of the 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 draft picks went are like not good teams so there's more like spotlight to shine on them so he's been great for us I think he's much better than people were anticipating already now so um yeah I wanted to know like what you thought about Kaminka yeah, I, well, it's funny because I, I didn't want him in Golden State. Like, when they picked him, I thought, like, for some of the reasons you were saying, like, I wanted, because he was so, like, I thought, well, I thought he was, like, so raw. I wanted him somewhere where he could get to play. And um, a lot of the, I know a lot of the talk surrounding Golden State and those picks were, you know, trade the picks, trade the picks for, you know, win now players. And I was saying that Golden State should do that. And I, I remember making the joke that, um, like the Warriors superstars, like, you know, Steph, you know, Clay and Dre and all of them, they have like, or they seem to have the least, you know, pull out of all superstars with their front office, because every time they, you know, say they want something, it's like the, you know, the front office does the opposite, you know, I know Dre, um, not sure if Steph did, but I know Dre made, you know, public comments saying that, you know, we don't want them to keep the picks, you know, we want someone else, um, yeah, what he said was on a TNT broadcast, and he didn't quite say that, but he alluded to the idea that, like, picks aren't enough. Like, yeah. picks with, um, you know, with them, essentially, that's not going to be the formula or it's not enough, you know? Yeah. Dre also said last night, like, he didn't think the team that was it was going to be that good, you know? Yeah. Um, Steph is a little bit more... Steph was yielding some of his weight behind the scenes and ultimately um it's not really that they have like the least power it's that Steph is not that star he's not that kind of personality like 
Steph could yield the power and it will be done. He has that power, but he's not like that. He's a very like team guy. I'm going to buy in. I'm going to trust. I'm going to go with, you know, what you're saying kind of a thing. And so that does annoy us as a fan base because we're like, man, fuck this. Like, you know, we want you at some times to be more like LeBron, but look at the Lakers right now. LeBron handpicked what's going on over there and um, they're in shambles. So, you know, it's kind of like when JC, when Jay-Z became the president of um, Def Jam and then like the label didn't like really perform that well. And then he lost his job. Like, you know, and all the many other artists who tried to run record labels and failed at it. Like sometimes artists don't make the best um, decision makers and sometimes athletes shouldn't be running <laughs> and yeah. making these kinds of decisions, right? And so um, in a way it all worked out well, but oh, yeah. it's it's definitely not because he can't do it. He just doesn't, you know, it's not his thing. Like Trey said, he's like, Steph could have stopped Kevin Durant coming to Golden State like that. All those things ultimately still rest with him. He's a very um, accommodating person, sometimes too much, but um, nonetheless, I digress. So where, what kind of team did you want? You wanted Kaminga to go to a team where he could like play, but like, was there a particular team you had in mind that you thought like you would have liked to have drafted him? So I thought he was going to OKC um, when he was after, um, Giddy, so I thought no, Giddy took OKC. OKC yeah, took Giddy, Giddy, right? Yeah, I yeah I was um I was surprised by that. Um, granted, I like Giddy, but I thought he was going to OKC because the top top like Barnes at four was surprising. I didn't think Toronto was them because they looked like they needed a guard. They looked like they were gonna pick Suggs. So um I thought Orlando was either gonna take Kaminga or um Barnes. I thought that those were who they were looking at, but when they when Suggs fell and they took Suggs, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you grab onto someone who you think it could be a steal. So I thought, okay, six, there's no way OKC is going to, you know, let him, you know, pass by. And they picked Giddy. Brenton, I like Giddy, um, especially as a prospect. I know a lot of people are low on him, but I like Giddy. So I was like, okay, um, sure, I guess. Um, the guy who just had the triple-double the other night? Yeah, the I guess ever. my team, yeah, the youngest ever. Yeah, he, he's good. He's good. Um, Knows how to play, Um, but he's... um. He's slow. That's the only thing. When I say slow, meaning like the way he moves on the court. Like, yeah, he I'm has, sure it's very played. methodical, but like when I watched him, I was like, nah, man, I'm happy we took um, Kaminga. Granted, that's not fair to him and it's one game and he's a very talented player, but Golden State for years has lacked in like athleticism. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't want another like slow not super athletic guy like I didn't that's yeah. not what I wanted on the he, I mean he says he models his game after Luca and you can kind of <laughs> you know you could kind of see in bits um so yeah um I, I mean granted in hindsight now I like the pick um because one it's it's oh, so very annoying but Golden State is set up very nicely you know for <laughs> not just now but for the future as well because I I do like him I, I do like him I think he's gonna be like you know, I like that they, they have him in the G League a bit, you know, getting reps down there. He's producing. Um, he was producing, you know, with grown men, you know, playing with grown men. Um, yeah, he's now he worked so himself raw. into the rotation. Not yet, yeah. not yet, like, sol- not yet consistent minutes. 
yeah. and not like okay we know this is when he's coming in but he's getting play every game and Kerr mm-hmm. has said like he's earned to be like in the rotation so I don't think he's going to be going back to the G League anymore, but we do have to find a way to get him some more minutes. Some minutes, yeah. Um, there's definitely certain matchups where he warrants the minutes. Um, because we we his just his his I mean he fouls a bit much, but like he's also still like he's raw, but like his his p- defensive potential is there. It's like very clear. Um, but he's just so athletic and and strong like the way he can just get to the rim and finish like what game was that that he did like I don't know if you saw he did this like reverse layup and it's like he he just moved so quickly like it just it happened in like a split second like when you were watching it like the result was not what you thought was going to happen when he went to drive you know to the basket and so um he's really good I've loved it and I'm just like, I ain't listening to y'all no more because y'all told me this guy because I don't follow draft picks. And I'm like, the way Warriors fans were behaving, I thought this was like the worst decision ever. And he's he's good. He's a, he's a Warriors type. Like he can continue on what has, you know, started from, you know, the core three with um the way how he plays because he's not a like a wing player. He's a big um that can move like a wing so it's like um he could play that four you know small ball five keep you know kind of do what Draymond you know has done granted I'm not trying to say he will be you know Draymond but like he can play make he can um when he gets more comfortable you can see you're gonna see a lot of Draymond like elements in his game and he can can, yeah like carry it on like granted I don't know I don't know how you guys feel about Wiseman at this point I know he hasn't been back yet to show I was gonna ask you next about Wiseman like what were your thoughts on him yeah I'm not too high on him now was that was that was that based on like last season or was that how you felt about him even as a prospect as a prospect I didn't feel he should have gone as like high as he did I I was a I liked um a Congo over him like in terms of like bigs I thought Okongu was the best um, big in the draft um, just because I thought he was just more versatile than um, Wiseman. Wiseman was maybe a better, not maybe, but he was a better offensive um, prospect, but he, he didn't play. Like, you know, he has barely played and he's a guy that has, you know, kind of barely played, you know, professionally or even, um, you know, in college, he only played a couple games, you know? So it, it's just hard to, to me, he's a bit hard to evaluate because I feel like you can't be too harsh because again, he hasn't really played but at the same time based on last season as well you know he wasn't you know it it was hard for him in in that system so um yeah but it was hard for him because of the way they utilized him they didn't have a they didn't have like they didn't do with him what they're doing with Kaminga this year right they kind Mm -hmm. of like said you're gonna be one of our main guys one day so we're gonna throw you out there And we're going to kind of like feature you as a centerpiece, a kid who didn't play many college games, um, a kid who missed training camp. Um, You know, he's now had COVID twice. I mean, he's just had a very awful beginning to his career. Then he had this injury, you know, so um, he should have been not like force fed last year he shouldn't have been put in positions where like they wanted him out there making reads he he wasn't 
there yet, you know? So I guess it's fair to say the jury is still out on Wiseman. What I, what I will say is that he was walking his way into like, almost like double doubles close to it. Um, not looking great, you know, according to certain people and, you know, different things. So I think when he's used in spot minutes in a more limited role coming off the bench assuming he does come back and we see him this year I just think he's gonna look so much better you know um but certainly his development is behind the other guys even though he was drafted a year before them definitely yeah I I, yeah I agree with that um I even brought in I'm sorry they even brought in like special coaches now to work with him which they didn't so they had no development plan like they just got like a big and like that was it they didn't have like they they people they overturned their like a significant part portion of their coaching staff this summer so they got some new people in they brought in the coach who worked with like Jokic um so they they this year put a development plan around him they actually was all he was actually supposed to work with Kevin Garnett in the off season. And then Kev, then he, you know, got the injury. So they have a development plan for him now. And so I think we got to see it play out. I don't have a problem with letting that happen because we don't need wise men right now, you know? And so you have the luxury to me, it's a luxury. You have the luxury of developing a lotto pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether people thought he went too high or not, you have the luxury of developing him and don't have to worry that you're spending time like working with him at a slow pace because he's not needed right now. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, they're in a great spot. Like just all around, they're in a great spot because um, yeah. Wiseman, like you said, they don't need him. Um, A lot of people think they do um, because they think, you know, Warriors lack of size is like an issue. I don't, I don't think it's like a real issue. I think, even if you perceive it to be a weakness, they have like reinforcements if, you know, Wiseman, you know, um, turns into something. So I, I just think, um, I think in hindsight, everyone is like where they should be. Like Kaminga, I think um, even playing in this spot minutes, even though he's not playing, you know, like huge minutes, I think this will still help him. Like in the long run, he's, he's really young. He's, he's young. So he's not, he's not really in a rush. Um, so yeah I think I'm jealous I can't lie like just that that's why I I was jokingly on like for for the Mavs I was like oh we should when we were going through like you know COVID and Luka missing I was like let's just tank like let's just do you know (laughs) like let's just get a high pick you know and just you know kind of like the Warriors like I feel like that season like the stuff were blessings in disguise like yeah uh a ring would have been great you know in that 2019 season obviously that's the ultimate goal you know winning but um with everything that happened you guys got like three lottery picks just out of that whole situation yeah so it's it's just yeah I'm definitely jealous of that which which my team uh, we're closer to like purgatory than like to you know contention in my opinion but um I just think um all the the rookies I mean I haven't the only one that I was just gonna say the only one I haven't like seen a lot of is Moses Moody and I was high on him I thought he's just gonna be like I think his ceiling is like elite role player like you know that just elite Mm -hmm. like level role player like not like I think that's probably right I think he hasn't had 
I think he's a player that needs to get more reps, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just, he hasn't been able to, and he's probably not going to at this point until next season. Until next year. Yeah. yeah. But he has, he just has like, like elite star role player, like mm-hmm. all over him. I thought it about friends, um, Faulkner. I might've undersold him a little bit because he, he looks like he might even sniff a couple all-star games, but, um, I don't know. He just gives off that vibe. Like he's like, he can be, I, I think, a really good, like, you know, 3 and D kind of role player. Um, I agree. And he has nice, you know, shooting um, stroke. Like, he just needs the, the minutes, you know, minute, and yeah. to, like, have a, a consistent rhythm. And he, he hasn't really gotten that um, opportunity. And he's, 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 um, long enough that he can be like you know an acceptable wing and and maybe help out on the defense so um I just I just don't think we're gonna get to see that this year but who knows there's still half the season left but we are really struggling to find guys times times who guys who have been good this year and we're like struggling to find them time so it's only I was about to say yeah he he probably won't get <laughs> yeah. minutes this year. it's only gonna get harder um so you also mentioned, um, so I want to go back to Mobley for a second, because you talked about the fact that he might make a defensive team. Um, I think he probably will make one. That's pretty impressive, right, as a rookie? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how the, the, the media is, you know, really funny with rookies, you know, um, and accolades sometimes. So he, he, I think he should, but I mean, I'm you sure. You think he he's the rookie of out. the year? At this point, yeah, I do. Just because he, just the impact. Like, I feel like Rookie of the Year in the past, like, the past couple seasons has just been who puts up the best stats, you know, because most of these rookies are on bad teams, you know, like, their teams are not good. And the ones that are playing a lot, they're playing a lot because their teams aren't good. Um, So it's just who can put up the best stats, you know, we'll pick that person. But he's put, he's not only, he's putting up good stats, but he's also impacting the game at a like a different level for a rookie. Like, so it's, it's not Mobley because you said the Cavs have a top three defense, right? Yeah. So if not Mobley, then who? Because you cannot have a Jared team Allen with the top three defense and none yeah. of them make a defensive team. Yeah, it's it's him and Jared Allen, but I give the nod to him because, like, granted, advanced stats and all that. It's not all that, but if you look at the numbers, Mobley has a bigger impact. And just even eye test, Mobley's, Mobley's a bit more um, versatile. Like, he's, he's better on the perimeter. Um, granted, I'm not, I'm not knocking any of them on the perimeter. They're two seven-foot guys. So I'm not expecting them to be, you know, locking down on the perimeter. But Mobley, you know, he's, he's comfortable doing that. Um, he's a good rim protector. Jared Allen is a bit better. But they're, it's, it's close to being a wash, really. And just like defensive instincts, um, I think I think Mobley's a bit more versatile, so I'd give him like the nod there. But it's 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 really insane, like night and day. Because last year, I remember the Cavs started off good defensively. Like Andre Drummond was like really good defensively for some reason for like the first ten games. I remember Larry Nance Jr. He was like the league leader in steals for like a good portion of the season. So they're playing good defense and then they stopped playing drumming and they just got bad. Like they became a bad defensive team. 
And now, again, this season, it's sticking. Like, it has, you know, stuck because they actually have the correct personnel. So I think, I mean, I think he should make a defensive team, definitely. But if he doesn't make one, I, ha- I have to see who, who took his spot. <laughs> I'd have to see definitely who took his spot. Um, You also had mentioned um the MIP race earlier. Yeah. So who do you think are the the front runners for that I think I had Miles Bridges like for a good portion of the season but he kind of you know kind of um kind of fell off just slightly but I still have him in the conversation Ja I think is probably leading it at this point um you think so yeah he's in like I feel I think it's a bit unfair that some of these like high picks get knocked for improvement because yeah, you expect them to improve their top picks, but not all of them have to. So he's in his, like, his first two years, he's at, like, 17, you know, like, his second year. Like, I thought he improved, but a lot of people were counting him out. Like, a lot of people thought, okay, he can get, he'll get better, but how much better? Maybe, like, a 20-point-per-game score, like, maybe 20 and 10. No one was really saying he was going to be averaging like 25, 20, you know, no, I laughed at him when he said he was a top five point guard in the yeah, league. Yeah. But that being said was like why that. I don't think that I don't think while there's no like official rules for MIP, I don't think Ja is the kind of player intended for MIP. That's the thing. And like, a lot of people, he should so. be in the MVP conversation. So. Like if it continues and I'm not saying he's going to be high in the MVP conversation and he missed some time, but if he continues to score at this clip and right now he has the, I shouldn't say he has because he missed some time and his team was still winning, but like Ja, they need Ja. But if the yeah. Grizz remain like a top four seed when they were a playing team last year, and he's putting up these numbers. Why are we only talking about him as MIP and not a candidate for MVP? I, I guess that's my counter argument. I think yeah, MIP is true. not, to me, like he's more worthy of something bigger than MIP, I guess is really my argument. Yeah, that's true. And that wasn't an, an argument for like, I know a lot of, there's like this unspoken rule that second year players shouldn't be considered either for MIP. Um, and that was like a big debate, like, because Luca finished like top three. And I, I was kind of like you, I didn't have him in the M- MIP race that year because I thought he should have been in the MVP like discussion that year. Um, so I thought about it like that too. Um, but I don't know. I just think, um, I don't know. I feel like this award might need some criteria <laughs> to make things a bit, you know, clearer because that's a, you know, that's a valid point. But at the same time, it's like, damn, I feel like we're penalizing, you know, certain players because we think development should be, you know, linear when that's not necessarily always the case. But um, I think Garland, like, outside of Jaw, I think Garland is another one that should be considered um, Miles Bridges. I think um, Jordan Poole is another one that he had a lot of steam, too, at the beginning of the season um, for what he was doing in the summer league. I think he's all in the conversation. But I don't know. I thought this award, like I said, I – thought Miles Bridges was going to run away with it but it got really tight <laughs> you know I don't know I think Brunson I even think Brunson you know on a map should be you know considered too so I don't know it's, it's suddenly it's a tight race it's a really tight race for MIP 
Yeah, Jordan just had 32 last night. So, you know, he's who I'm rooting for. But <laughs> yeah, I think that Bridges probably still has a hold on it at the moment. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you that it's definitely because I like I think that when um well pool is already now coming off the bench I think they're like trying to get him ready for like when clay comes back which is imminent so I think when he's coming off the bench consistently I think he's gonna have like a strong push because now he's gonna be um I think I think he's gonna actually be more consistent like some of some of it with Jordan Poole he's a little inconsistent and I think that inconsistency has to do with having to play on the court with Steph because I think he's a little better with the ball in his hands and so he'll be able to kind of like just run that second unit and so I think you're gonna see he's gonna still get the same number of minutes for the most part yeah but he the I think you're gonna see him being more consistent yeah, that, that's fair. I think he, he'll be, um, just like Tyler Hero, he'll be in two conversations, you know, MIP and sixth man of the year. I think Hero I think, has sixth man locked, though. I think he has it locked up, too, <laughs> but, you know, you never know. But, yeah, he definitely has it um, locked and up. And I don't I know see... if Jordan will have played enough minutes at sixth man for oh, at six, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's like Brunson. Yeah, Brunson is sixth man because that's done now. <laughs> I mean, he's starting right. now, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so I... I don't know. It's it's just intriguing. Um, all these different races at this point, because I still think it's too early. But you know, you can see the candidates narrowing down at this point. And so let's talk about All Star, shall we? Um, I should have asked you about this on the um on the last pod episode, but is Luca an All Star this year? And she's a be- reserve okay he shouldn't be a starter no but that's the thing that I feel like we know this but we still make a stink every single year like all-stars starters that that is just a popularity contest like fans are voting for this you know which is why I think Lucas still has a very strong chance of being voted that's what I think yeah I think he's gonna be I think I there's a small part not small I I do think he probably will be voted in but the all starter. of that aside should he be on the all-star team this year do you think yes. he's had an all-star year yes if we're lining up because i'm looking at because the west is mid the, the west is, is is very bad this year especially in the middle and if i'm listing all of the guards and all of the spots i think he's a reserve is he like a lock no, I don't think he's a lock. And if he were to miss the game, I wouldn't push back too hard. I wouldn't be, you know, crying snub. But I do think, um, I think he's played, like, granted, he's missed some games. So maybe missed time is what is the ultimate killer. But I still think, like, that's the thing. He's still playing at an all-star, like, level. It's just that he's not playing at, like, like the MVP level that people are trying to put in. He's not playing at that level. But all-star, yeah, I definitely think, like, he's still playing, like, 20 – he's averaging 20, like, 25, 8, and 8. Like, you know, like, I know numbers aren't everything, and, you know, people are going to bring up right. – It's sort know, of similar to someone minus. like 80, right? Like, he's not playing at, like, bubble 80, which I always thought yeah. was an outlier, but um, he's still – putting up all-star numbers yeah. now with him out now for a long time I don't know that he's gonna make an all-star game but before yeah, he went I down I was like he's gonna be an all-star because yeah. like 
first of all, it's the Lakers and their fan base. So he's going to get a lot of votes, but also like he's still putting up all-star numbers, even if it's not. Yeah. yeah. And we, we forget that like all this crying about snubbing and all that, like a lot of the smoke never gets directed to the coaches and they're the ones voting on the reserves. Like I never get it. So guys come out and they feel so disrespected and they, they, they act like they have a gripe with the media. And I'm like, it's your, it's the coaches within the league that didn't vote you in you know what I mean so there's definitely maybe something there you know within like you know within the league that you're probably not highly regarded so like just based on that I think coaches will vote him in just because of you know they understand who he is at the end of the day like they might not like see that he's he's not playing at the level he was you know the past two seasons but they still understand that hey this this is still an all-star you know caliber player and that's I just I I just cannot the crying is gonna be like I mean I don't care about the crying (laughs) but if he gets voted as a starter oh my god I already know what the like even last year last year he was playing okay but because we were should have been a starter over him I was about to say we we were the ninth seed at the time I think Portland was like the sixth seed and everyone wanted Dame to be a starter and all that but I'm like it's a popularity contest at the end of the day like if you understand that like you wouldn't be this upset you know what I mean like so it's you know Steph is always gonna like it was like the year when Russ averaged a triple double but Steph started over him people I thought they were gonna have a heart attack I'm like oh y'all really thought Steph wasn't gonna be a starter okay yeah I'm like he always has that one spot locked up like he and by the way he still had an incredible season the fact that we won 67 games and Steph and Katie were both second team shows you how much fucking bias there was for that team and them joining up 67 fucking wins and Kevin and Steph were both second team and people were just like I mean I mean, he's not playing at, like, his MVP level. Yeah, no shit, because he was the unanimous MVP. Like, do you expect him to play at that level every year? But you know what level he was matching? His 2015 MVP level, right? And so there was so much bias against us that year. I love that he started. I was like, fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, fuck and that's y'all. how I was last year. No, that's how I was last year. When <laughs> I was crying about Dame. I'm like, y'all could cry, y'all could cry, but at the end of the day, get your fans up. That's just how I feel. I was like, this is a popularity contest. Like, are you really doing yeah. this? But Blazers this are year, like, fan base. I mean, I don't know if the Mavs are either, but Luca has that whole European thing. So Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he's going to have the European votes. Like, it's just, like, if you understand that, like, to me, what's the point in, like, crying about it? Because y'all were crying that he wasn't starting. It's not like he was going to get snuck from the game everyone knew he was a lock you know he's gonna play and they barely played him anyway like Luca doesn't really get huge minutes in those games I don't even think the all-star game he he's not like an all-star game type player like he'll throw nice passes every once in a while but he's not athletic he's not doing anything crazy he's not like a great shooter so it's not like he's gonna be you know like to me he's not an all-star player anyway so I'm not pressed over how many minutes he gets in the game or if he's starting or reserve I don't care about any of that um but people do and you know it's it's funny to see them crying but I do think um he's a reserve he's definitely a a reserve then how many all-stars should the Warriors get Seth definitely I'm here's the thing I I think I know you don't think we should get one All Star, so let's start no, with no, the no. number. I was about to say, yeah. How no, many no, All Stars should the Warriors get? <laughs> I, was, I think they should get 
to. Mm-hmm. And it's going. I don't think Wiggins and Draymond should be in the game. I I I think it's an either or there. I think it's an who either should or. be in there over those two. Tell me the players. So I have okay. So if we're talking um front court players, Jokic, LeBron, mm-hmm. um, I think Cat should be in there that's my issue why should cat be in there when his team is below 500 because to me i don't so okay so this is the thing it's it's different for everyone's criteria but for all nba i'm valuing record heavy so if we're talking all nba i would have put like a wiggins or a draymond in over cat okay but let's talk impact cat is more impactful than dre no no definitely not um um but for all star, I, I I value all like I value record in like the all star game, but so take not, record like, out not, of it. Impact, impact is it's Draymond, but at the same time, like the, the the teams are different. You still have to look at the teams and that like Cat is the guy on the Wolves. Like even though Ant is you know making a case to be that guy and, and all his that, team is below five hundred, and his team is below five hundred. And there's I'm a case not, there's a case that Ant is the guy. I mean. I would there agree. is a case that Ant's the guy, but it's it's still Cat's team still like that's the or that's what they want you that's what they want to make it seem like. So I just for production wise, like he has been playing okay. They're in the plane thing. Like we're talking about below five hundred, but I feel like we can't even like below five hundred. We can't use that because in the past below five hundred would mean you're out of the playoff, you know, picture, especially in the West, like in terms of a western conference usually means like you're outside of the play no, but so. below 500 to me just means you don't have a winning record i don't really care that much about seating you don't have a winning record and if you don't have a winning record like i don't think that cat shouldn't not be an all-star i don't see the argument for a person right now who's out of the top eight because play-ins are a new thing right so i don't see right now you were out of the top eight your team is below 500 Draymond Green is the clear front runner, in my opinion, for defensive player of the year. Oh, he is. He is. And he's more impactful than you. What is the fucking case for Cat over him, except that he has more counting stats than Dre? That that's the case. That he has more counting stats on a losing fucking team. But but he's the guy on his team, and yet a plane is new. But I feel like we still have to. That's this is kind of what the league wanted. We kind of have to honor that. It's still the play. The playing team though isn't picture. a good team to me though. I it's don't... not, but it's, they're in the playoff picture. You, you see what I mean? Like they, you know, like I don't like like I said, I'm not, I don't like agree with it a hundred percent. But I I do have to. Granted, I'm a bit biased too because another person that I have like I would put over Draymond in the game, and you probably would say Ooh. no. I. Porzingis, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have Porzingis in there. I would. Yeah, I've heard this talk lately, and y'all are wild. Y'all are out of your damn mind. Here's the thing. I y'all not, y'all not gonna tell me last year that man is not helping. This year he's a fucking all star man. Listen, you Dallas Mavs fans. But that's the y'all thing. Last year he was asked. Last year he was asked. He wasn't healthy, and this year he's healthier. And here's the thing. KP, I'm not a KP over Dre. You've gone a step too far. But that's the thing. I'm not saying he's like a better player. Like if we're just talking like 
just all-star cases. If we're talking counting stats, obviously he has the injury. Mon is not the guy to look at, you know, counting stats. But counting stats have never just been the reason for all-star. Like, you do look at impact stats. You look at, like, other things. He is defensive player of the year, and he's also incredibly important to the Warriors' offense. Yes, it is all about Steph, but, like, Dre is incredibly important to their offense, and way more impactful and I agree but I feel like sons Christoph Porzingis and he should be getting a spot over Dre like I don't even agree with the cat one but like I've heard people talking about cat I don't think he should start over Dre I think cat should be the reserve and Dre should get the starting spot oh I think like starting spot like yes because I think I think LeBron and Jokic are definitely going to be the front court starters. But after you take those two, who else has like really been so great in the front court that they deserve to be a starter? Oh, st- okay. So see, okay. If we're talking starter versus reserves, okay, then no. Let, let, okay, we can talk either one, enough. but let's just talk who should be front court. Forget about whether they start or not, but really who are the front court players outside of Jokic, and Braun. That's the thing. It's, it's hard because, you know, Paul George was definitely a lock, but he's been, you know, in and out the lineup. So and I, I would have been fine with know. Paul George. Would have been fine with him. But he's hurt now because Paul George is also my guy. But honestly, him being hurt is the only reason because he got hurt or we heard he was going to be out, I think, the day All-Star voting started. I had already just yeah. voted for him earlier that morning. And I was like, fuck. And I said, okay, well, now I'm not going to vote for Paul George anymore because, like, He's going to miss mad games. Like, he might come back for All-Star. Like, he might be back in time for All-Star, so maybe he still gets in as a reserve. But the amount of games he's going to miss, in my opinion, justifies now putting other players over him. That's yeah, the only and I reason. Agree. Yeah, I agree. It's not It's not a great pool. Like for right, Kawhi is out. Kawhi is out, um, which is why I, I... Anthony Davis is down. Yeah, he's down. Um, but I mean, like I said, putting I I have my guy in there, which is why I um, there's there's less spots. But I I just think the way how it's it's voted, like the spots for like these impactful players that might not have the counting stats. I feel like there's less spots for those kind of guys than the what are guys. what are KP's numbers this year? He's averaging like twenty one on the twenty one and like ten on the season with like two. Twenty one and ten. And what is it? What are his shooting splits? We're not gonna talk about his shooting. Okay. But Andrew <laughs> Wiggins is averaging just under twenty. He's playing all defense level. Is is Kristaps playing all defense Chris, level? He is. He is. Okay. Porzingis is. I. I. I he definitely. Okay. Is. So you're saying he is because I don't agree, but okay. So you're saying he is, and his shooting splits suck, but Andrew's shooting splits are awesome, and he's over 40% from three. He's 58%, I think, effective, and you're telling me that Porzingis deserves a spot over him? Because of roles, because I'm valuing roles as well. What, what is, how is his role bigger than, um, he had to be a number one, he, he was the number one up, like, Luca missed a ton of time, 
um, about yeah, but he's games. not the number one guy on the team, and he hasn't been all season. He just had to for a period of games. And he played really, really well in those. How games. many games? And he played about. It was like he didn't play in all of them, so he. I would say he played maybe like seven games, right? As like the guy. And even so for when, seven um, games, you think his role is bigger that he should be over Andrew, who is the Warriors' second leading scorer and guards the best player or the best wing player on the opposing team every game. But okay, so who's who's the second best player in the or who's the second best player in the Warriors? So the second most important player in the Warriors. The second most important, the second most important player on the Warriors is Draymond. But the second okay. leading scorer on the Warriors is Andrew. So like the fact that Dre is second most important doesn't take away from how much Andrew is needed on the court. His role is substantial because Clay is not there, so he's Clay. And this is the constant debate with all Warriors teams, right? Who's second best? Is it Clay or is it Dre? It's a real debate. So, like, we're all just saying it's Dre because Dre has already been proven and Andrew hasn't. But in terms of the role Andrew is playing, he's playing the Clay role. His role is substantial on the Warriors. Yeah, but his role is also heavily, heavily um, predicated on Steph as well. Which is why, like I alluded to, he looks he looks great because but that well. he's doing what he's supposed to do. Chris Porzingis right. is shooting like shit, and next to next to Luca, he can't even play with him. I mean, that's the but that's that's another thing. That's another. So why is that um, better? Why does that make him better? Andrew's better but, because he can play next to Steph, and when he's he getting that next time, to Luka. he's shooting efficiently. But he has been great next to Luca this season. That's the has thing. He? Like, and why is he shooting yeah. poorly? Because he started the season shooting like the worst place I've ever seen. <laughs> he started the season. I was like, what is this? That and was next he, to Luca. Yes, when he started the season the first couple okay. of games. He started two games. This was two games. Then he got hurt. He got hurt after the second game of the season. He had a back injury. He was out for like five games or so. And he came back. When he came back from that back injury and Luca was playing, they looked great well Luca was eh, but Porzingis looked great <laughs> like they were playing so well together the first game back was that Boston game when Luca hit the game winner Porzingis was playing great and I was like okay I like what I'm seeing and then they started to dom they dominated that game in Denver together both of them closing out the fourth quarter and then Luca gets hurt and that's a story of like the past couple seasons every time they start to dominate together one of them gets hurt, and then when one comes back, the other one gets hurt, and that's just the KP's story. KP's making a defensive team this year? Oh, no, he's not making it, but he has been excellent. Oh, he's not even he has... making a defensive team, but you're telling me he's playing all love, all defense-level defense? Yeah, because there's only two teams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's only, like, you can, it's like saying. But Andrew's likely to make it, so that means Andrew's playing better defense than KP. I don't think he's going to make it, though. What did you think the Warriors were going to be this year again? I, I don't listen, listen so your predictions about the Warriors haven't been too great but you don't think Andrew's gonna make a defensive team I don't think and when I say I don't think so it's not necessarily my personal feelings it's just what I think is gonna happen or how they're gonna vote I don't I don't see them voting Wiggins in like for you know all what the I saw teams. last night during the game on NBA TV a poll that went up on the screen and said should Andrew Wiggins be an all-star? You know what? I didn't see that poll for Porzingis. Um, and you know, they were talking about Andrew Wiggins last night. They were like, 
he's in all-star conversations this year. What a season he's having. So I'm thinking that he's going to make the all-star team, but I mean, he very well might. But that being said, I, you know, so SJ, I don't think my, my, my listeners are going to appreciate this poor Zingas propaganda. Okay. I I got to stick up for my guy. Like I've been, I will entertain, but Porzingis? Listen, I, I've been hard on Porzingis. Granted, I, I've been in the trade Porzingis camp, and I'm still kind of in that camp. I, you know, I just think he's not, he's not going to be really reliable, um, especially when you need it the most, um, just because of his injury history and stuff. So I've been hard on him. Last year, um, everyone said it was like the most efficient year of his career, all of that, but I was hard on him because he did not look great because he couldn't move. You know, he couldn't defend anything last year and he, like he was his most efficient, but he didn't like the role he was playing. So it was just a lot. So I, I think just because I was hard on him that when he's playing well, I have to kind of give him the credit. And I mean, I'm shameless for my ballot. Of course, I'm voting in Porzingis as a starter. Do I believe he should be starting? I don't know. But you should be you know, voting for the guy. guy on your team. You should. I'm not yeah. So that. he's. So I'm. I'm giving. But if I'm like objectively speaking, like if you would tell me, yeah, I'd put Wiggins or Draymond in the game over Porzingis, I'm not gonna push back on that because that's like you know, like that's fine. They're the number one team, like you said. They're producing. You know, you might think they're you know more impactful to their team. That's but you fine. Think we but deserve two. Who do you think the second spot should go to? Uh, I think it should be okay. Here's the thing. I I think it should be. Uh, I was gonna say okay. This can't I can't be that okay, hard. Draymond, Draymond, Draymond. Okay. I'll say Draymond. That's the correct answer because, if it was just two, but it's gonna yeah, be three. If, if um, it was three, then that's fine. But I think. Let me I give a warning to my listeners that. <laughs> This episode is recording before the Warriors play the Mavericks. So when Dre owns Porzingis again, and he looks crazy on defense in that game, don't hold it against SJ that she said that this man is defending well, okay? Because she said that without that game having been played okay and lucky for me he won't play because he's in protocol oh damn it that's but right i forgot lucky for po- you golden state is just a bad matchup for him this is a bad matchup for him oh, okay um, it is a bad matchup for him i can't i, I won't lie about he's that he's gonna be out so i can't yeah, i won't even... lie about that yeah we don't have but we, we are gonna play team. you guys actually later in january because yeah. i'm having the mavs outsiders guys on and I'm going to talk to them about this uh, KP defense propaganda because this is wild to me. Okay. I'm telling, no, I'm telling you, he's been playing like we're tenth in defense. Like, how do you think we're tenth though? How do you think we're tenth? That's right fair now? because it's, you know it's not Luca. It's definitely I don't watch not Luca. The Mavs enough. I just know he ain't playing defense better than Andrew Wiggins. So, I mean, it's different. I think there's. I don't like to compare like defense like that like between like a big and like a wing like that they play two different like defensive roles so like Andrew Wiggins he's guarding the best like wing player on on the opposing team um Porzingis he's he's not doing that because he's he's not a wing so he's but he's he's not as good of a defender 
but how do you how are you comparing like very easily the, <laughs> but they play two different roles on, on defense it's yeah. like it's like comparing like uh like it's, it's like saying, defenders all the time yeah but it's like comparing wiggins and like a gobert like that's that's a weird like Porzingis is closer to like defender so we don't even need to talk about him okay we're gonna move on from this propaganda but i want to talk about all-star on the team that we are gonna focus on a little bit more and that's the Cavs. so they have an all-star i think at least right one yeah jared allen yeah uh i think yes i i have him as i think they should get two but if they, I don't think they will. Um, what is yeah, their ranking I, in the East right now? They're fifth right now um, in the East. But they didn't get into. But that's the thing. They're fourth in net rating. They, like, the whole of December, they blew out teams. They just blew out teams. Fifth seed is not getting to. And it's Cleveland. Do they even have a fan base? But that's a, but this all-star game is in Cleveland, so they should really throw them a bone. <laughs> but, um. But really not. They were third until like the whole, you know, Garland went down and all that. But I think if they, they probably have one. I don't see coaches voting in two for them because I don't think they'll have anyone starting. I think they'll have two reserve or reserves. And I think coaches are only going to vote one for them. So I think the coaches might vote Garland um, if that's the case, because he is the guy like, I like Allen a lot, but Garland is the guy like he's getting, you know, Allen and Mobley, those easy buckets and stuff like that. So I think they'll most likely vote Garland, but I do think Jared Allen needs some serious consideration. So you think they should have two, and you think it should be Garland and and Jared Allen. But yes. if they're only going to get one, you think do you you think the coaches will vote Garland? But do you think it should yeah. be Garland, or do you think it should be Jared Allen? Uh, I think I think it should be Garland at the end of the day because um, Allen Allen's great. He provides a lot of defensive impact, but like it's still Garland setting the table for a lot of guys on that team. Um, and just like, not just on, on the ball playmaking, but he has um, stepped up his game off the ball as well. You know, that was a big knock on him that he didn't do anything off the ball and he was just, you know, small guard, all that, but he has been, um, he has overall like improved a lot of aspects of his game. And he, yeah, he is like the, he's not like an offensive engine, but he's the guy that stuff is running through and that sets the table for a lot of guys. I think it should be him. I'm sorry. I kind of keep flipping back and forth, but um, do you think that Luca should develop any off ball components in his game? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's definitely a, a big like criticism on him, but I think it's a bit like the way they scheme, like a lot has been said that, Oh, he just stands at like half court or whatever. Like that's, on purpose a lot of the time like based on scheme like they use him or they keep him far away if he's gonna be off the ball sometimes so that they can play for like they can play like four on four basketball like the other guys can't play four on four basketball so sometimes like people like you know show clips of this and that and I'm like a lot of it is on purpose is on purpose but I would like to see him like or them running more sets of him like screening for people and I just want to see something different because he's a he's like six eight you know what I mean and he's like there's so much he's not like super athletic but there's much more you can do with him I believe um without the ball in his hands and that's why I really like to move to start Brunson because 
you kind of see some of it. Like when I saw it in the OKC game, like a lot of that first quarter, Luca was off the ball and he was he was like screening and um, you know, Brunson was like handling the ball a lot and stuff like that. So I I do think it's something to develop. Um and they need to put the players in place as well because I had to watch um like when Luca was out. Like they played well, but I had to watch like Dorian Finney Smith running pick and rolls and the, that just should not happen. <laughs> like, like that just should not happen in any circumstance. So like he should, but I definitely like we also need personnel that can allow that to happen, at least more consistently. Um you think Brooklyn is missing Jared Allen? <laughs> Oh yeah, they can't rebound, of course. But I mean, I they if they had to let him go to get Harden, I guess you always you know do that deal. But they but did they have Harden. to let him go to get James Harden? I think they did. Some or Nets. I know on the outside we say that, but I think I've I don't know that, that much Nets. about the deal, so I'm yeah, not gonna like. I, yeah, I've seen Nets people say that like they kind of had to um like give him up. It was more so the Rockets side where you guys have kept him like um and not like giving him away to Cleveland for basically nothing it was like a second round pick so the Rockets are are the ones like that get like penalized for that like why didn't you guys keep him but um yeah I think Brooklyn like had to give him up anyway okay so what should um you haven't had a chance to see what Rondo is um gonna look like but hopefully by the time um, the Cavs play the Warriors I think you know he'll be playing hopefully so um, let's assume Rondo's playing even if you haven't had time to, to, to see him in there we know sort of the what player Rondo is so I mean how do you think that matchup goes between you know the Cavs and 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 Golden State considering they are a team with length and people you know perceive that our interior you know lack of interior defense and our size is an alleged issue so this is going to be a team with length they hopefully will be as healthy as they can be um playing us um what are you and you you tune into all Cavs games so what are you expecting to um see when when they play well it's gonna it's gonna be a dog fight I think these are two really good defensive teams like Cavs defense is real, Golden State's defense is real, so it's not going to be a situation where either team is just giving up easy buckets, <laughs> like, all game. So it's going to be a hard-fought, like, contest, I think, and Clay, I think, is returning um for that possibly. game. So, yeah, possibly. So I'm intrigued to see how the, you know, the Warriors, you know, lineups, rotations, going to be a bit different. I assume he's going to come back on like a minutes restriction kind of thing so um I'm intrigued to see him and how they handle that situation but on Cleveland side um I do think this is why I I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what they do in the offseason because Cleveland could very well be a, a Milwaukee Bucks team that first year when Jason Kidd took over and they were like good for like the the first half of the season like before all-star break because they're playing that weird like trapping defense and everyone's kind of caught off guard by it and I fear that like it could Cleveland could be in that situation where like tall ball is just 
so flustering to you know opposing coaches and coaching staff but after the all-star break or with more time to scheme against it it could kind of easily be dismantled um even though I think this is a bit different and it might stick um but I think the Lynch might um might fluster Golden State a bit to start the game maybe um it just all depends but I don't think it's I don't think it will be anything too crazy where um Kerr and other guys can adjust um but if if Garland's back I haven't seen the like most recent injury reports see if he cleared um protocols because last day had they had Kevin Pangos starting <laughs> in the last couple games and you could imagine how that has been going but um yeah. Yeah, but Garland, he's I'm intrigued to see like that matchup with like Gary Payton, um Gary Payton's son. Is it third or second? It's second, second. right? GP second, two. okay, yeah. We call him GP2 GP two, two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued to see that because no it feels like no one in association could stay in front of Darius Garland. <laughs> like <laughs> he's getting wherever he wants to go on the court. Um, because he's that shifty and fast. So I'm intrigued to see um I like him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Steph Steph Curry um kind of disciple fan um guy. Smart guy. I didn't know that. (laughs) SJ, join um, us, won't you? (laughs) Now I gotta be a hater for the um I gotta be a lightweight hater um to keep my Braun fan integrity. But um (laughs) but no Darius Garland, I think um if if no one could check him, I think he might be a problem. Because if he gets going, a lot of those bigs um, can get going as well. Like, it's just Lob City. <laughs> like, it's, the Cavs are like the new Lob City. Um, and Kevin Love has been playing, like, really well the last couple games, too. He's having kind of like a resurgence this year, too. So I just think the Cavs... It's amazing think, how when you're winning, how people want to play basketball. How you're, you're, I never understand why people think guys just forget how to play. I never believe that yeah yeah he he's just in such a better mood you see him he's energized and all that so it's it's nice to see so the Cavs um I don't think they have all the juice in the world offensively especially but they have some weapons they could could go to to make it interesting um I definitely think um it's gonna be a rock fight um and I'm intrigued to see this game really intrigued so I mean if Clay is returning it's obviously gonna be like a really emotional night yeah. Um. I I kind of think they're gonna like force feed him a little bit. Oh yeah. Um. So it it could just be a very interesting dynamic in the game because it'll be like all about Clay. So we don't know. I actually don't think it makes sense to bring him back for that game. But and this is also not the second time they've reported. They never they had never been so specific with a game before. But I think last time the report was like oh, Clay could be back as soon as like this month, December or later this month. And then all these ticket prices went up and then he didn't come back in December. So this time they put like a possible game out there. But um, just from a logistical standpoint, I'm sure like if he's ready to go, there's an idea that like he's ready, just let him play. But logistically, it's weird to me because he would come and play and then they go on the road and they go on the road to play Milwaukee, Chicago. It's like all these, you know, and in fact, that Milwaukee Chicago game is a back to back, I believe, but I forget who like all the other teams are in there. 
but I think there's three or four games. And I'm like, it's really weird to have him come back to play against Cleveland, who, by the way, is a pretty good team, right? Um, Hold on. And a pretty good defensive team, which is, I think, the more important factor to me because you have a guy who's, like, coming off injury and hasn't, like, played, you know? So to me, I feel like you want to kind of, like, throw him back in maybe against like easier competition but 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 maybe not that like I'm trying to like play clay or who he is and I'm sure as a competitor he doesn't give a shit who it is but I'm just saying like if I was like bringing him back it seems a little um odd to me so let me see it's um okay so we we play Cleveland and then it would be Memphis then Milwaukee, then Chicago, then Minnesota, right? All of those are good teams. And I'm like, this makes zero sense to me because after that, we we have a seven-game homestand after those four games. And Detroit is the first game in that homestand, then Indiana, then Houston, before you play Utah, like to me, that just makes you so much yeah. more sense logistically. And at least it's a homestand. So like Warriors fans, Dallas is a part of that homestand as well. So if, if, if not for that first game, but definitely by the second time we play Dallas, play should be on the court, you know? But I just think that that makes more sense. You know, Warriors fans, they'll have like seven games at home to go see them welcome him back and you know the first few ones are like soft you know so I don't know that that's my thinking but right now it's it's Cleveland so we'll operate under the you know the idea that it's going to be the Cleveland game so we'll see but I think that in Clay's first game back there's going to be so much energy in the building and so if that is Cleveland it's going to be a it's going to be just emotional. I don't know if weird is the right word, but it's going to be emotional. I definitely think there's going to be a lot of force feeding to like get clay buckets and stuff like that. So, or, you know, for him to like put up his first three. So, you know, it'll be interesting, but I think in that kind of emotional game, they're going to like really want to win in clay's first game back. So, um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, nonetheless, I, I hope it's a good matchup. And I, I really am excited to like see what Mobley's like on the court. I am looking to see if they're going to put um, Kaminga out there because I'm always kind of looking because he takes it as a slight. Like he feels like every team that pick players over him, he, view, he views it as a slight as many draft picks, you know, do. do yeah. um, so I kind of think he takes those rookie matchups, even though he will not get to play like the amount of minutes that Mobley is. If he gets time, I think he, I think he takes those personally. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm intrigued to see that too. I think, I think coaches feed into that too. Um, especially like, I don't mean to bring back the Mavs, but um, Desmond Bain, like um destroyed us um in that one matchup and after the game because we were looking to draft him but we you know picked Josh Green and he brought it up said hey 
you know, they picked Josh Green over me, and Josh Green even played tonight. He said that. And <laughs> literally, and Josh Green at the time was in the rotation. Literally, after that game, Josh Green has played in every game other than when he was in the protocol. He has played every – and he's looked all right. So Desmond Bain probably saved his career. <laughs> now, But, um, yeah, coaches play into that a little bit. So I hope Steve, like, you know, gives him a little run, um, especially when Mobley is in the game too. Yeah, I would like to see that. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that game because I was really disappointed that Mobley um, went into protocols and like they they didn't have their squad. So I, I'm looking forward to that game. So I really appreciate you um, talking to me um, all this time and and staying with me to talk about the team you adopted. Um, <laughs> Wow, you're all star stuff. Ooh, I'm still thinking about that, but I won't. I won't hold it against you, SJ. You, you, you going hard for your team, and I get it. I would too. I would too. So, <laughs> um, thank yeah. you so much again for staying and chatting with me. I really, really enjoyed this discussion. Um, I, I'm sure my listeners did as well. They may not like, like I said, your fandom for a. <laughs> you know, Mr. James or, or uh, this uh, KP propaganda, but overall, no, I know they're going to love the conversation and all that you brought. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. Great discussion. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad that you did. I, uh, that I always want people to feel like they felt like their time was well spent and it was worth their time. Um, guys, follow SJ. She's great, as you can see. And, um, you know, give her pod a listen. Uh, 21 going on 77. It's available on Apple and Spotify. Give her five stars. Rate on that <laughs> five stars. Um, it is available on basically all streaming platforms. You can subscribe on YouTube, follow the channel, um, leave me some feedback. I love to hear it. Um, all of your support is so appreciated. Thank you so much. And until next time, take care, guys. 